0: All the while, with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful ladies. How are you? I am so happy and excited to be here and chat with you today, as always sitting down and it is nap time, which is not always. I probably sound much more awake and alert in this episode because typically I'm doing these bright and early in the morning. But I'm hitting you with a little nap time, quiet time slot today. And I want to chat about Christmas cookies and all the fun things that come along with that. So I have a lot of thoughts on this as I do with most things. And welcome. If you're brand new, you're going to get an earful right out of the gate. And those of you who are with me all the time, welcome back, of course. So Firstly, on the whole overall theme of Christmas cookies, I do have so many feelings on this because I like really good food. And I don't mean good nutritionally. I like those, oh my goodness, your eyes just crossed because that was so good, melted in your mouth, delicious kinds of food. So I joke all the time that I'm like a cross between Paula Deen and, I don't know, Jillian Michaels because (laughs) I, I do. I... I think the pendulum always swings as it does. And I really came from that world of everything was very high calorie. Everything was very tasty, but health was not the concern. So then I personally, when I became a personal trainer and really got into fitness and got all these certifications, etc., um, learned a lot more about nutrition, got my nutrition certificate, all that stuff. I swung way the other way. And for like our first, this was before, I met my husband and we got married. But I remember, I think back to that first apartment we lived in, somebody asked me for butter and I was like, What? <laughs> like I did not even have butter in the house. I had no butter in the house. My only flowers in the house were almond flour. I hadn't even purchased any kind of grain flour in years. Like it it really swung and it swung hard. And that now I'm very much more in the middle in the middle of the road for many reasons. I just think that um, it's Easier to live a little bit more balanced in the sense that it's you know not as costly. When we're talking about things like almond flour and all-purpose flour, there's a big price difference there. I've talked before about iron corn flour. There's a big price difference. But, anyways, there's also this idea of like, yes, you can make. You could truly, absolutely make every indulgent food a lighter version if you would prefer to do that. Like, say you're craving. I don't know, chicken fingers. And so you make almond flour chicken fingers instead or some kind of lightened up paleo-ish kind of a chicken finger that's using really quality oils and like good um, like gluten-free oats or something like that or einkorn flour and you just fry them up in that olive oil. You know, that's a great way to do it. And that is what I do for 80% of the time. Again, All the time, I'm saying I'm 80-20 and that's what I strive to be and that's what I promote is eating 80% whole clean foods, 20% treats. So here's the thing. This is where for me personally, if I am baking like muffins for my kids to eat just during the week on a normal week, I am using these baking swaps that I'm going to talk about and these lightened up or better for you choices. However, and here's the asterisk, even despite the title, I will not be using these in the majority of my Christmas cookies. (laughs) As your friendly personal trainer over here tells you, I'm not going to do these tips because I'm honest with you. And I always tell you, hey, I wouldn't tell you anything that I wouldn't tell myself. I am sharing these with you because maybe in general, they'll help some of the other baking things you do. Like if you make muffins for your kids during the week or pancakes or other foods that you can line up. And or maybe you want to offer a couple healthier Christmas cookie options. So that is what I do. Again, that's where I've settled now is this kind of self-proclaimed middle of the road, I will make one or two healthier cookies or some kind of dessert option. I usually actually do one like lighter, cleaner cookie, and then one like lightened up cleaner fudge. And then I make a bunch of decadent things. Okay. Not a bunch, you know, whatever. We have a really big family. So it's a bunch does not mean that everybody's getting a bunch. Okay. It still turns out to be balanced for everybody else. But, um, So do what you want with this. As with all the information I share with you, it's obviously, it's got to fit your life. It's got to fit your situation. I don't want you to walk away from this, look at every single Christmas recipe and think, can I make this, this? Now, even in my, I, I truly live that because in my holiday programs, you'll see that too. I, not this year, the 2022 program, which we're currently in, but last year from the 2021 recipes, if any of you were in that and dig them out. I also included the decadent coffee cake that I, make on Christmas mornings. And it's, there's nothing healthy about it. I put real sugar in it. I use real flour and that's our decadent thing. But then I pair it with like a really high protein, high vegetable egg bake that we also eat with it. So no one's eating the entire coffee cake. We're having a piece of it. Then we're having our high protein and fat. And then we're on with our day and it's literally Christmas morning. So I'm totally okay with that. And I'm not going to bother to make like a healthier version of that. However, I've shared before, we make Sunday treats around here. And a lot of times then, if it's it's something we're literally eating every week, I'm going to make some things lined up. So pick and choose. Absolutely do what fits best for you and with you. And I would not, again, pull out all your Christmas cookie recipes and think, how can I utilize every single swap Brittany talked about? Maybe just think about, like for us, here's another example. We usually eat Christmas cookies on uh, – Either that Saturday or Sunday of like bringing on the third week of Advent, that's when we get our Christmas tree. We usually get it on Saturday, put it up, and then let like the branches, you know, settle in. And then on Sunday, typically we decorate it also just because we have little kids, (laughs) three under five. And it's just always very ambitious for us to think that. I think one year we went and got the tree in the morning came back, did lunch and nap, and then we decorated after nap time. And that worked out well. But usually like we're only down for one activity a day anyways. So it gives the branches a chance to settle in and then we decorate the next day. But I usually do put out Christmas cookies just for our family, my husband, myself, and our three boys when we are decorating. And that's an example of when I usually do make a more lightened up treat because here's the other side of this. That From honestly, Halloween for most people right up to the new year is usually sugar palooza. And there's also a correlation between the fact that it's sugar palooza and then kids are sick all the time. There's, of course, other factors. And, you know, I've seen interesting studies that are, you know, way more pointing the finger at our nutrition through these months than other culprits like being inside more and things like that. I think it's a mix of both. That's just my personal opinion of, yes, we're a lot more inside than, you know, we are eating more sugar. We are also, also usually get more sedentary. Like there's a lot of factors about why we could get more sick. But we all know that white sugar and a lot of high fat, high sugar is not great for our immune systems. It really is not. So this is, again, where I like to try to find the balance. So maybe some of these swaps will be new to you. Maybe they're not. But you can probably, like I said, apply them to more of the foods that you eat more routinely so for us, and just trying to give you exact tangible examples of what we do, like these are the kind of swaps I, I use to make my pancakes, to make my muffins, which are the kinds of foods that I'm serving my kids daily. Those Christmas cookies that we'll be eating just as a Sunday treat or, or whatever day if we end up doing it on Saturday, like those kind of bonus treats. before the good old-fashioned Christmas cookies that we are literally eating one day of the entire year, I am not making most of these swaps, Okay. Also, one more caveat, there are some things that I just never use. So like Crisco, that's just never settled well with me, or margarine, which is a really fake. <laughs> Look up how not great margarine is for you. Artificially processed that I, there are some things I just never utilize. So if I was used to using those, I probably still wouldn't use those in the Christmas cookies, but um, white sugar goes in my Christmas cookies typically. So we'll start with that since that's the first one. If you do typically use sugar in muffins, cookies, cookies. Whatever, any kind of baked good, you can substitute coconut sugar. is is a little bit more stable for your blood sugar, so that it doesn't spike it and then make it crash. Uh, maple syrup and honey are also great substitutions for this. Um, monk fruit is another one that supposedly is very good for not making your blood sugar go crazy. And then maple syrup and honey are just more natural choices. So these, if you're if you're using coconut. Uh, coconut sugar or monk fruit it's not typically like coconut sugar is probably the only one I would say on this list that you could just directly swap out maple syrup and honey you're going to need to play around with this is what I do a lot for my um, pancakes and muffins and those kinds of things because obviously you're working with a more liquid material than just sugar is the the maple syrup and the honey are going to saturate your batter more so you're going to want to play around with probably trying less of it at first and then adding more if you need to or you might need to to add a little more flour or something to absorb that liquid. And then monk fruit tends to be, I think, personally, opinion here, have a more sweet taste than sugar naturally does. So I would start with less of that and then add in more as well. So you can do that for Christmas cookies if you want to or different kinds if you're making, you know, several varieties. And then with oil. So I've shared before the oils that are not great for you are those that are processed in a way that our bodies are not really used to. There's not a lot of research on how our bodies are going to do with these oils over time. And that is rapeseed oil, sunflower oil, safflower oil, all those kinds of oils. And um, vegetable oil, I don't know if I said vegetable oil, canola oil, not great for you. So um, again, this is the one time that I've purchased that I usually purchase oil In the whole year, as I do usually get vegetable oil for cookies, but even this year, I don't think I am going to use vegetable oil. And I'm going to swap in avocado oil, which is supposed to be better for you because avocado is just, you know, a beautiful whole fat that you then you're getting literally getting the oil from. I love olive oil for cooking, but I think it has kind of a distinct taste in baking. So, I don't notice a crazy difference with avocado oil. I have done that before, and I will probably do that this year just to not even need to buy vegetable oil and, you know, have any leftover, that kind of stuff. So you could do that. You could upgrade your oils. You could also use something like applesauce instead, which is going to give you a little hint of an apple flavor. And then pumpkin is another thing you can substitute for oil, which is definitely going to give you a flavor. So unless you're going for a pumpkin, you know, flavored cookie, cake, etc. cetera. I'd probably leave that one for more of a Thanksgiving kind of a thing, which definitely passed at the time of this airing. So um, just file that away for the future too, that if you don't have oil for something like, oh, I can use pumpkin. And then I did just mention butter. So butter, mar- margarine, et cetera. There is a lot of research about how our bodies do with butter. It's also highly, highly debated. So butter is one of those hot topics like, is it good for us? Is it not good for us? Is ghee better? Blah, blah, blah. Ghee is a clarified butter that you could use that is supposed to be better for you, in that it's supposed to be heart healthier. Okay. And I personally do not use ghee, it's a lot more expensive. I did used to use this before. This is one of those things that when I didn't have any butter in the house, like I had ghee, I had coconut oil, that kind of stuff. But what I use now is just if I can get a high quality butter, like a grass fed butter, I will do that. If it's just good old regular Lando Lakes unsalted or salted butter, I'm using that. But I don't use Crisco or margarine. They are pretty up there on the highly processed scale. And I, you know, think, okay, well, at least butter, we know where it came from. We know how to make it. I have no idea how you make margarine or I can't believe it's not butter or any kind of weird Uh, I can't believe it's not butter spray. (laughs) And I grew up on these things. So again, I'm saying like, I know, I know. If it's in your fridge right now, I'm not making fun of you or shaming you. I would just swap out plain old butter. I know, again, the research is all over the place on this and the pendulum swings. Where I personally, the the people who I have worked with and also I feel like have really um, changed their nutrition in this way to be more whole natural foods, like foods again that we know what the effects are. I feel like overall are just healthier people, which means their blood works really good. Their cholesterol is really good. They feel really good. They're also satiated. A lot of times when we're swapping in these fake things, we are not as satiated. Like having your, I can't believe it's not butter spray, might save you calories but then you're just hungry later where if you would have just actually put a tablespoon of butter on your waffles or whatever you were having it with on a good piece of sourdough bread or something like that actually has fat calories that help fill you up. So, I'm a fan of butter. Again, I know jury's out on it and I would utilize that over any of those other margarine, Crisco's, etc. You also could swap in avocado. So, I've done this for things like brownies before and it's also a great fat. So, there's another option. I some people, you know, would argue that they don't like the taste and things. So, tread lightly. Maybe you're not going to try avocado in your chocolate chip cookies, but <laughs> you just use the butter, not the margarine. Okay, um next, I always make this swap because I have people in my households who cannot tolerate cream cheese and sour cream. So, if a recipe calls for cream cheese and sour cream, you can almost perfectly just swap in Greek yogurt. I do this all the time. Sometimes I've tried like a little bit of milk and a little bit of yogurt, but usually I just directly swap the yogurt in for the cream cheese. I just did that this weekend with, oh, actually it was Thanksgiving weekend. I made coffee cakes. And so that is one actually that I swap for, I do make a little bit of a healthy swap in there, but I I used the regular flour. I used the regular sugar, but I swapped in Greek yogurt because again, it was really just for dietary things. I have people who can't handle the cream cheese or sour cream. So use the yogurt and it's going to add a little protein. It's going to cut a little bit of that fat. And you know, why not? That also, I think, like I said, do what you want with this list. There are some things that I think people are like, okay, I could definitely do that, but I would never do the other thing. So like for me, I'm going to probably keep the oil in. I'll use avocado oil but I'm not going to use like applesauce or pumpkin because I think it changes the taste. So that's like one hill that I would die on is I will use just oil, but I don't mind the swap of Greek yogurt for a creamy thing. But if you hear that and you're like, no, I definitely need cream cheese in this, not Greek yogurt, then pick and choose another swap. You absolutely could do that in a recipe too, like make something a little bit more lighten, lightened up, a little bit lighter, but it's not like totally, is this even a treat? Is this even a dessert? Um, and then speaking of flowers. All-purpose flour is like the, not, I don't want to say worst, but I'm just going to say worst. It's probably the worst option of all your flours and grains and things like that out there just because, and here's the reason. If you're looking like calorie for calorie at the all-purpose flour and at whole wheat flour and you're like, Brittany, this is like the same. So explain to me why this is so quote unquote bad for you. It's not necessarily. It usually has, usually the whole wheat has a little bit more protein and a little bit more fiber. Okay. Okay. The all-purpose flour is stripped of its nutrients, and usually that's why usually calorie for calorie it looks pretty similar, like 150 calories, 150 calories for whatever it is. Same thing with any products like that. Think about hamburger buns and this and that. It can look usually the wheat product is going to be more expensive, and it's going to have a little bit more protein and a little bit more fiber. And this is where I've shared before in all these cutting grocery cost episodes, sometimes I have to make the choice of, nope, we're just going with the regular old pasta noodles and I will mix in zucchini noodles or I will do half and half the whole wheat noodles and all-purpose because there is always such a variance in price and we've got a lot of people to feed. Many of you listening have a lot of people to feed and a lot more people to feed than I do. But the, the issue with the all-purpose stuff versus the wheat or versus more of like sprouted grains, ancient grains, uh, buckwheat, those kinds of things, is that it spikes your blood sugar and then it drops. So you get an an immediate rise in blood sugar and then a crash, which is not – you just don't get that with the other versions of flours, even whole wheat, because it has those other components. It has the nutrients that slows the process of digestion down. It's slower to get to your bloodstream. So that's why if you have like a piece of white pizza or a donut or something like that, you will – feel like you're buzzing on sugar after, and then you'll want to take a nap half hour later. And then we're conditioning ourselves many times to, if you're a person that has those kinds of foods regularly, that's why you always need that same pick-me-up. A lot of times people will say like, oh, they need their afternoon coffee, and then I'll ask them what's in their coffee, and they do double-double, two cream, two sugar. I'm Like, so you actually probably didn't even need the caffeine fix. Your body's used to that sugar fix in the afternoon, and it might be both. It might be the caffeine and the sugar. So this is, again, a tread lightly thing. For, you know, say I'm going to make five Christmas cookies this year, for three of them, I will still use all-purpose flour. I definitely have still only made my cutouts with all-purpose flour because I have not found a version that works really well. That would be wonderful if you want to share that with me. Um, Another factor in this, because there are some other great flours I love using. I was doing like an almond flour chocolate chip cookie. That's one of my favorite cookie recipes, and I've shared that before on my email list. Um, let me know if you want it because I know I for sure have it in the email files. It's a almond flour chocolate chip cookie. So, so good. And I think I used honey or maple syrup or something like that in there. Or, no, actually, I think that one's with coconut sugar. Um, but I have a nephew who is around us all the time and is like one of my kids practically. And he has a peanut and tree nut allergy. The first of 17 grandkids to have one. So, well, we don't actually know about the other two babies yet. So maybe they do too. Hopefully not. But that has changed a lot of things because he's so young still. He's only three that, you know, when other kids are trying to offer him things or he's trying to. So I just try to not even have an option that's peanut or tree nut. So so that's made things interesting. And if I guess you're in that category, too, where you need to be peanut or tree nut free, then you're obviously not going to swap in almond flour or coconut flour, any of those kinds of things for your cookies. But. Einkorn is a really wonderful grain that I've started using. Again, not at all sponsored. I wish it's really close to the taste of all-purpose flour. I think it just almost anyone. I've I've made things with it for using it to make things for. Um, Like my brother-in-law, I made these einkorn chocolate chip cookies, and he was like very skeptical and just thought for whatever reason they were going to taste like corn. And then was like, "No, you didn't use einkorn in these, and I did, and they were delicious." So. That um, is a great option to use maybe in some of your... I actually really want to try the coffee cake with it. That is something I'm going to try. Maybe I will do that on Christmas and I will let you guys know how it goes if I do. Because the thing about the einkorn is it just reacts differently with liquids because it's a weakened gluten structure. It still has gluten in it, but it's weakened. So you typically just need to let the batter sit, whatever it is. So... You don't always have to add more liquid or take out something. Because I thought before, okay, you just have to add a little more liquid to it. Usually if you just let it sit, because I I learned this when I was making pancakes. You know when you make like a quadruple batch of pancakes, inevitably some of the batter is sitting there for a while and I noticed that it was getting better as it sat and then realized there is something to that because of the protein structure and the gluten structure. So that would be something that you could utilize in there and could pretty much like I said then swap one to one just put in more flour if you feel like you need to if you are going to substitute some almond flour or coconut flour or different kinds of flour like that I would just give a quick google search on what you think on what the swap is because it's usually going to be like two-thirds a cup for a cup like almond flour I almost always swap identical coconut flour is more dense I I, it needs less than all-purpose flour would need so these are I mean there are so many options out there That if you want to lighten up some of yours, absolutely. Like I said, I will probably, out of five Christmas cookies, make two lighter versions using maybe einkorn for some things I do really want to, I probably will do those einkorn chocolate chip cookies now that I talked about them since I can't do my almond flour ones and they are super tasty. I think they honestly are better than the all-purpose flour ones. I'll probably do something like dark chocolate uh, dipped pretzels because that's a Pretty much healthier option, you know. You got dark chocolate in there. Pretzels aren't the world's best thing, but they're also not the world's worst. And then a couple options just with the basic all-purpose flour, but then I might swap in a different kind of sugar or make that oil substitution. So a little bit lighter, a little bit better for us. Not just like I explained with the white and the wheat flour, it's not just about going calorie for calorie, making something low calorie. Or whatever. It's about the actual quality of the food for ourselves so that we stay our healthiest. That's what I think about when I'm watching my kids in this season, you know, be offered all these different treats and we have these different social engagements and there's just a lot more prevalence of sweets and treats, right? So 80 20 gets a little bit harder to do. Like, admittedly, it gets a lot harder to do because it's just everywhere. So we have to pick and choose. But normally (laughs) for me and my family, we're not having to pick and choose this much. It's way more few and far between, except for these months. So looking at them, looking at them wanting to enjoy treats, I want their treats to be and inflow and whatever a surplus of things that I know are just going to make them sick, truly, like weaken their immune systems and get sick. So do what you want with this information. That is what I have for you today. I hope you find it helpful. If you did and you have not yet rated and reviewed the show, I would love if you would do that so that more like-minded ladies can find us. And I am very excited very soon to share with you the options that we are going to have coming up for you to work with me, to work with each other, all that wonderful stuff, challenges and programs coming up for the new year. I will share that very soon. Email list will always know first. So if you want to hop on the email list, just go to healthycatholicmoms.com and you can do so right on the homepage. All right, ladies, happy baking. I will talk to you soon.